welcome New Hampshire to the Sports Machine with Slim. Primary day. Is that a big deal? I guess it is. Some people think it's a bigger deal than others. I probably have to touch on a, a little bit of political discussion, don't I, at some point, but we're not going to start that out the show. We're starting the show out with yesterday's ending of the Sports Machine with Slim, the Monday edition. Did I or did I not say that Joel Embiid is a bad man and the Philadelphia Sixers are a team, 76ers are a team to be uh, very cautious and wary of if you are Celtics fans, as I am, as I've been predicting, the Boston Celtics are going to win the title here for about seven weeks, and I said Friday night, they let me down in the game against Denver, I thought it was a must win, I'm calling for some heads to roll, (laughs) I'm not sure exactly what we need to do, but I am very afraid of the Philadelphia 76ers, and last night, Joel Embiid showed us all why we should be afraid. This man goes out, scores 70 points. And I didn't know this. My brother texted me and said, I guess this was the anniversary day of Kobe Bryant scoring 81 points, which is the second highest total all time in a game. So that's just weird how the line, the dates line up. It's like, you know, bigger than, um, bigger than what it looks like sometimes. And yesterday's 70 points is pretty darn big. Joel Embiid leads the 76ers to a 133-123 win over the Spurs. He's 24 of 41 from the field, 21 of 23 from the free throw line, this guy is going to be almost impossible to stop. I know I've talked to my brother Dave about it, and he says, hey, we got Al Horford. Al Horford can defend Joel Embiid, and I'd like to think so, man, but if Joel Embiid is ready to win like Lamar Jackson is in the NFL, if Joel Embiid is just like, this is my time, you're not going to stop me. There's nobody on the Celtics that can stop him. I'm sorry. And all five guys together can't stop him. He's a mountain of a man. He's, he's unstoppable. So if it's his time with Nick Nurse calling the shots, this is what happens when you have coaching. Come in. Coaching matters. And in the NBA, it matters a ton, even though people say, oh, no, it's just the best players. No. You build camaraderie and, and leadership and teamwork. This stuff matters. And the coach is the guy who's at the center of it all. And I'm going to Fast forward from there and tell you a little bit of coaching stuff that matters in another game from last night. Because there was another huge scoring effort in the NBA for people that don't know. Carl Anthony Towns, people call him Cat, K-A-T, had 44 in the first half. Minnesota Timberwolves are beaten up on the Charlotte Hornets. In fact, they're up by uh, 18, I think. More than that, headed into the fourth quarter. But... No, it was less than that, sorry. But they got outscored in the fourth quarter by 18. That's the big 18 number I'm missing. 36 to 18. So Carl Anthony Towns goes out first half, scores 44 points, finishes the game with 62. He's 10 of 15 from three-point lane. The guy's a seven-footer shooting 15 threes in a game as I scratch my head and just wonder what is going on over there. Their coach, Chris Finch, post-game. I could read it to you. And in fact, I think it's pretty good radio, actually. I went on ESPN, and I see this guy's like, we deserve to lose. Selfish, immature basketball. That's what we played, and we got exactly what we deserved. This is a Minnesota Timberwolves team that's in first place in the West. Like, they've been playing great. Anthony Edwards is an absolute stud for my money. I know the Celtics pantsed him a little bit here when we beat them up uh, last month, but I feel still uh, that they're going to be heard from. 
the Minnesota Timberwolves will be heard from out west. And how can they be heard from more so? Is if their coach gets control. Carl Anthony Towns, 62 points for the game, 44 in the first half. But this dude, he chokes down the stretch. This is the way it goes all the time. And his team's trying to get him points, get him buckets, so they're trying to get him the ball versus trying to win the game. You play to win the game. That's pretty disappointing on my end to hear just this this guy, Carl Anthony Towns, has so much talent. Seven feet tall. He's out there shooting 15 three-pointers in a game. And he makes 10. Good for you, buddy. Way to go. Way to go. Great job. You scored 62. Your team lost. Your team lost, and that's the only thing that matters. Some of these players, though, they don't care. That's why I said in the NFL, as I keep bouncing back and forth, because Lamar Jackson now, he's got me on his side. I read it to start the day yesterday. I told people about John Harbaugh, the coach of Baltimore Ravens, comes out, wins the game. First things he says at the press conference post-game is a prayer. Quoting from scripture or from, from the Bible, talking about teamwork, focused on a mission. Here's what we're going to do, and success will come. And I combine that with Lamar Jackson's just the look in his eye. This guy just, he wants it more than everybody else. Joel Embiid right now, I think, wants it more than everybody else, Celtics fans. I am officially nervous. I've been on the radio for seven weeks telling everybody the Celtics are going to win it all. I'm nervous. I am, I am doubting my prediction, as I should be. If we check the scoreboard over the past seven weeks, I've been batting less than 500. So we're going to try and start turning that stuff around. We're going to try and turn the corner. I will say I've told everybody on the Bruins side of things as we just jump from sport to sport in this uh, opening, I told you I'm going to talk a little politics. We're talking Celtics. We're talking NBA. We're talking NFL. Mitty's here. We might have some discussion here. We're going to ask him uh, some of his thoughts on the NFL upcoming playoff uh, games this weekend. We got two teams in both conferences battling to get to the championship game. Who's it going to be? Baltimore versus San Fran is my pick. We'll see what Mitty has to say about that, but um, I got some stories. I want to tell you about me wandering the streets of Concord yesterday, and I see people out there with cameras. Everybody in Concord. I don't know for, for folks that aren't in Concord or haven't been over the last week or two, like, hey, this is the capital of New Hampshire. And New Hampshire's the story of the country today, being the first primary state in the, in the United States here to go. And there's a lot of money. There's been a lot of political flyers out there, a lot of money spent at campaign events. Today's where the rubber meets the road. Let's see what the heck happens. We want to talk sports, though, don't we? I do. Boston Celtics. Let's get right to it. Jason Tatum last night, 30 points. They win. The Boston Celtics win 119-110. to 110. I know Jalen Brown had a big night, too. Tatum got fouled three times at the end, so he, he made six free throws to bump up that point total. I think Jalen Brown probably at 34, something like that. But as I'm watching the game, I got home from the gym. I turned it on. There's six minutes, 40 seconds left in the third last night. Celtics are winning 79-66. You know what my first thought is? The first thing, I, I watch the turn on the TV, boom, I watch the Celtics. First thing comes to my mind. Boy, Luka's haircut is terrible. Luka Doncic, it's the schoolboy haircut. Like, what's he doing? Does he, he's like 26, 27 years old. What's he doing with that haircut? Somebody needs to tell him. Go back to the hairstyle from last year, dude. This new hairstyle is not doing anything for you. You need to, you need to be respected as a man on there. You need to not be showing up looking like a schoolboy on the NBA basketball court. What was my second thought? Grant Williams talking to the ref. Oh, man. 
he got called for some sort of foul or something, and he's off talking to the ref, trying to explain his case while it wasn't it wasn't what he thought it was, and this and it's just like, oh, I'm so glad he's not on our team anymore. I know Tatum likes him. I know the other guys on the team, for the most part, I think seem to like him. He's just such a complainer to the ref, and that influence, we need that out the door. Him, Marcus Smart, I, I really am thankful for the breath of fresh air, although I love me some Marcus Smart. I'll continue to say that, but just the less complaining to the refs, the better. So the Celtics are leading 94-83 after three periods, and I'm writing that score down. You know why? Because I want to remember it in case we lose the game because the Celtics are choking in the big games. And back-to-back at Dallas, I'm worried. Kyrie Irving, I just don't want to lose to that guy, so I'm afraid. I'm like, please, Celtics, no. But I'm thinking the worst and fearing the worst. That's why I write that down. Celts lead 94-83 after three. But then, my next notes, Luka does not like being guarded by Peyton Pritchard. How many times have I told you people, Peyton Pritchard knows how to play defense. Did you see him get up into Doncic's space? Like, Doncic can't drive to the hole because Peyton turns him and he's too quick. He's standing there waiting for him when Doncic changes direction. Meanwhile, I see Doncic, he just goes right by Jalen Brown, just like right by him, right to the basket. Not against Peyton Pritchard. Peyton Pritchard turns him three, four times. This guy is, if you, the more you watch this guy, he's a valuable sixth man in like a championship team caliber worthy sixth man. His defense is great. He rebounds incredibly as a guard, always in the right spot. Peyton Pritchard is like the basketball player I wish I could have been. I wish I could have been that guy. Uh, there's a lot of similarities, except he's just way better than me. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of similarities just from the intelligence side of things. Knowing where to go for rebounds. Knowing what shots to take. And hustling and playing as hard as you can on defense. He's always running. Watch him. His game is beautiful to watch. The Celtics win 119-110. to Back-to-back games in Texas. That's how to do it, Celtics. 119 to 110. Luca still plays no defense, I'll tell you that. I've been saying that for years, and it's just not there for him, and it's not there for Kyrie. Doesn't have the size, Kyrie, even if he wanted to play defense, but Dallas ain't going anywhere this year. You know who's going places this year? The Sports Machine with Slim, WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester nhtalkradio.com we're coming back with all types of political discussion in sports talk welcome back everybody Let's make this a really fun episode today. I know I jumped around there. I can do that sometimes. I have a tendency just to ramble. Let's ramble with Mitty today. He's in the studio and has some comments that he wants to share on the Celtics. He's wearing a Celtics jacket. I'm wearing a Celtics sweatshirt, so it's a little bit of a Celtics party in here. So go ahead. We finished off last segment with Celtics. What do you got to say about him? Feeling the love with the Celtics right now. I'm loving the Boston shirts. If anybody saw that game last night, you know the, the Celtics are looking great. Uh, you know, Grant Williams, that was fun to watch. The first time playing him since he's been gone. Did anybody see Jason Tatum uh, coming into halftime when, when Grant tried to take a little half-court shot? Tatum swatted him, looked back, had a few words for Grant Williams. 
It was a it was a very interesting turn of the game. Did you see that? I did not see it. I was at the gym and they had the Bruins on You're at the buff. TV there. So well, I don't know about that. Thank you for the comment, but <laughs> I did get a haircut yesterday. I, I, that's why I'm so focused on Luka Doncic's haircut. He should have gone to see a hairstylist yesterday too, but he didn't. Uh, but no, I didn't know this. I like to hear this. Tatum yeah. blocked Grant Williams. Grant nice. Williams is coming up the court after a a missed foul shot, and then uh, he he gets the ball right around half court, little past, goes to take that last second shot, and Jason Tatum comes up from behind with a, a hard, hard smack, knocks that ball down, and then he turns right to Grant Williams. Of course, we can't hear him because he's not mic'd up, but he had a few choice words, and I'm pretty sure I could read his lips, but I don't think I'm going to say it on the radio. I, I do think they're still buddies. Like, post-game, post, oh, yeah. post game, they were hogging it. Before, too, yeah. Okay, there's some sort of a relationship there. I'm not sure that Grant Williams has that relationship with, like, Jalen Brown and some of the other players, but for some reason, yeah. he's tight with Tatum. I'm not sure what... What's going on there? Whatever. I don't think he's a bad dude. He just no, complains no. a lot. He's a hard worker, and he loves to put his hands up and talk to the refs, and he just doesn't have the, the talent or the, the history to be able to put his hands up against the refs. You got it. Right. The athleticism is, is not there. Yeah, yeah. well, I don't know that he's going to be able to win it on his own there. He's relying on everybody. He is starting. I mean, he's playing starters minutes with Dallas, and Dallas has a good record. Yeah. But he's the type of guy you want to have there just because he's strong and he can kind of help to uh, oh, you know, yeah. protect well, Kyrie and Luka. And on top of that, you go the Mavericks in general, they, they've got a heck of a team. You know, they're, they're no uh, 76ers, but you know, when you've got Kyrie <laughs> Irving and Luka Doncic on the same team, you've got to be worried. I mean, Kyrie Irving is a phenomenal offensive player, and so is Luka Doncic. So, I mean, they can score on command. But last night, it was the Celtics coming back and scoring. And uh, Jason, Jason Tatum had a great game. But did you see Jalen Brown? He, he took it to Luka the entire game. Well, he said something post-game, or maybe it was pre-game, about, I feel like I'm one of the def- better defenders in the NBA, if not yes. the better defender. Give me your best guy. Yep. Is that what he said in the, yeah, he in the said, quote afterwards? He said, give me your best guy. I feel like I'm one of the best defenders in the NBA, and I feel like it's my job to take that best guy and try to shut him down. Well, I'm going to tell you something. On Friday, I said it was a must-win against Denver, and what my opinion was leaving that game as Jalen Brown choked in the fourth quarter and didn't play a great game overall anyway, but in the fourth potential, in particular, he, he he just wilted. And I left that game kind of going, you know, if it's must win and we lose, something needs to change. I'm like, maybe we should trade Jalen Brown. That was my thinking. As I'm watching him last night, I look, I'm just like, this guy obviously is working out. Like, I know I said I'm going to the gym. Jalen Brown looks like he's going to the gym like five times a day. The guy oh, he's is, cut. He is absolutely ripped. And I'm just like, I don't know if you need to be that ripped to be playing basketball. Like, maybe you should work out a little less. But I can't fault the work ethic because he's putting it in to, yeah. to get better and take care of himself. Absolutely. He's one of the better athletes in the NBA. And, uh, yeah, he does tend to turn the ball over in the fourth quarter, and he's also been shooting free throws cold as ice lately. He turns the ball over in every quarter minute. Yeah, he's, his, his dribbling is it's, it's just not there. He needs to get the ball, maybe one, two dribbles, shoot. Clay Thompson, just do what Clay Thompson does. Yep. Clay Thompson doesn't dribble, 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 reverse direction through the legs, and then and then shoot or, or you know go to the rim. He gets the ball when it's time, go right to the rim, or right. shoot the threes. I'm fine with Jalen Brown shooting threes. I, I, in fact, Absolutely. I like it. Yeah. If you're open, I got confidence in the guy. Well, I mean, one of the things that I started to notice with the game last night is, uh, you know, you got guys like Doncic and Kyrie Irving who, when you hit a three, they'll come down and they'll look you in the eye, make a, make a move, and they'll hit the three and then look at you and say, yeah, I can do it too. 
But the Celtics, I don't like when they play that game, when they start trying to show off. They need to stick to their routine, stick to their plays, and, and not try to be that, that bully on the court. Just play and don't let the other team get to you. It's, I'm all about figuring out the style of basketball that you are going to play in the playoffs. This is what I was talking about like when we, we opened up here, and I'm talking about Minnesota and Carl Anthony Towns, and he's going for 44 points in the first half, 62, and the team is just like giving him the ball a ton so he can try to score more. That's not how you're going to play in the playoffs. Nope. And so with the Celtics coming down, like you're talking about, sorry, I'm going to come down and do this pull up from three. Like every now and then, that might be okay. But when you have two, three, four possessions in a row in the NBA playoffs against a team that can beat you, and you miss three consecutive threes, those are long rebounds, probably leading to an outlet and a fast break opportunity for the other team one or two times, easy baskets. You then have to go, wait a second. Now all of a sudden, we were up by six. Now we're tied. We got to get to the rim. We got to get a two here. We can't just keep firing threes. And that's where Tatum needs to be the guy to say, I'm going to the rim. Or, hey, we're going to pass. We get the ball to Jalen. He's going to cut to the rim. And sometimes, like you just said, I'm worried the Celtics team doesn't know that yet. No. I mean, I I like the Celtics when they push the ball and they go fast. When you see somebody get a rebound and immediately turn to the wing for that guy cutting up and then go up the court for that that pass at the end, I mean, your your fast breaks are where you're going to get your points and your your hard work and your, your defense, that's where you win games, not by showing off, not by popping threes, and certainly not by talking a bunch of smack to the other team. <laughs> and not talking to the refs, but I, I, your point there is great. The threes in transition with the Celtics team, I'm cool if any of them shoot it. Porzingis, Horford, Brown... Tatum, Pritchard, Drew Holiday, Derek White, any of them. Half-court sets, though, where they isolate and they have the ball. They step back threes. No, no, no. Fast break. That's the type of team we want. And we can play that style in the NBA in the finals or in the playoffs, too, because we got seven guys that legitimately we can all play and there's not much of a drop-off. Oh, deep. Mix them out and just keep running the other team. A big man like Embiid on the other side, seven feet tall, 300 pounds, He's going to wear down. Yep. And um, God, I, I wish I could remember the number, but I saw a stat. Uh, when the Celtics reach the, the free throw line a lot, they are winning games. Hands down, period. When they are driving to the hole and they are getting contact and they are getting to the line, they win games. And when they don't, they don't. Watch the Denver replay from Friday night. Jason Tatum, when he had his mind made up that he was going to the hoop, I would tell you he was probably four for five in the game putting the ball in the hole, or getting fouled. It might have been better than that. I think there was one time I saw him miss. The other time, he was putting them in. When he would settle for step-back threes, slow down isolation game, fadeaways, no. No. And and it's that simple. When it comes playoff time, are you telling me it's Game 7 against Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference Finals, what's Jason Tatum going to do? We're down by two, or down. let's say down by one. We got the ball, 10 seconds left. You need to know what you're going to do. You need to have practiced it in those similar situations during the season. It can't be a step back three. What are we doing? What are we doing is right. That's the magic question because one of the things that's on everybody's mind is has Jason Tatum and has Jalen Brown grown up and matured enough where they can get back to that situation and they can make the right decision instead of trying to do it by themselves. They need to go back to their roots, go back to practice, remember what they're learning, remember what they're running, and they need to do it the way they've been doing it, and they don't need to pop threes. That's remember the hard work 
all the time in the That's gym, Jalen Brown. Right. If you're putting all that effort in and just the like, you're lifting weights, you're maxing out. Like that you need to show by going to the hole. Not by settling for step back threes. Yep. When the money's on the line, you need to channel that workout mentality. Strong basketball. <laughs> you need to. You need to. You need to go to the hole. You just have to. Well, I'm going to go to the hole today. I think we're going to talk a little bit of political talk here and uh, stuff. When we come back, we got a break coming up shortly, Mitty. But what do you think about dipping my toe into the political waters discussion? Do do sports talk radio people like to listen to political talk? I think everybody at some level needs to listen to political talk because it's the one thing we can all enjoy fighting about. Because what do we always say? It's we, we love to bond over common interests, but it's so much more fun to complain together. And it's so much fun to bond over common dislikes. I try to stay positive, man, but there's so much to dislike about everything that's going on in the political landscape nowadays. But the commercials are fun. You know, <laughs> Nikki Haley, she is the only one that can beat Trump and Biden, who are members of the, uh, what is it, the most exclusive retirement club in America. You know the commercials uh, by how oh, we all love do. It. I've got so many mailers in my mail, and I've been keeping <laughs> them all, but I've been holding on to all of them, and uh, I-, I was going to bring them in today, but I didn't. So, We'll do a little bit. You want to know who I'm going to vote for today? I haven't voted. I will tell people when we come back here, and we'll mix in some Bruins talk. I'm excited for that. This is The Sports Machine with Slim, NHTalkRadio.com, New Hampshire Talk Radio. WKXL is 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. Let's do this, New Hampshire. Slim, New Hampshire's Next Generation Talk Radio Show. If you want to call, you can 603-224-1450. 603-224-1450 is the number. I'll let my man Mitty uh, uh, pick apart your statements if you happen to call in and want to share uh, an opinion with bum, us. I, bum, will, bum. I will tell people. A quick story. Yesterday, I was walking down Main Street in Concord, New Hampshire, and um, I went in, I'm going into a couple businesses because I also handle sales here for the station. And I went into one, um, a beautiful, beautiful furniture store. I'll save the name for another time. But I started to talk with the person who runs the store. And I had so many things I wanted to ask. My brain just completely froze up. And I said, I just apologized and said, I'm telling you, man. I'm almost 50 years old. I turned 50 next month, and my brain just doesn't work the same as it used to. <laughs> and it was just the honest truth. I, I forgot totally where I was going as I was talking, and I was like, how can I keep my mind straight all the time when I'm talking about sports and ramble for 40 minutes nonstop sometimes, and yet I'm in front of this this dude talking to him, and my brain just totally locks up. I don't know where I'm going. Mitty, does that ever happen to you? Oh, boy. Or should uh, I be worried? I <laughs> I am Captain ADD, my friend. I mean, I, I work in a restaurant, and I can't tell you how many times a day I say, I'm going to go grab blank, and then I go to the, the cooler, and all I do is draw a blank, and I have no idea. I literally walk back and forth looking at shelves, trying to get Help something to spark my memory. <laughs> And also there's the whole, uh, the wife thing. You know, hey, can you pick up some Coca-Cola? Oh, can oh. you pick up this? And I come home, where's my stuff? 
Right. I'll be right back, honey. I just, I wanted to make two trips. I got eight things, and I thought one of them might be the one, but I knew in the back of my mind, I don't have what I was supposed to get. What is it? I think we should start taking some ginkgo biloba or something. I don't know what that is, but if it helps with your memory, I need it. I'm going to tell you, it's been just in the last year, too. I'm not sure what the deal is, but I'm going down. I'm going down, and I'm hoping that my... uh, Daughter, who's here looking at me from across the table. Cute as a button, by the way. Yeah, she's here because she's uh, seven years old, no school, because elections and all that stuff in the school, so they get the day off. And as I say, I'm going down, I see her eyes looking at me like, huh, what's he talking about? Who knows? Nothing. I'm not talking about anything. Don't worry about this. I'm just kidding, too. What was that stuff you mentioned there that we should take some? Oh, uh, the ginkgo biloba? <laughs> yeah, I've never actually taken it before. What is it? What is it? It's, a, it's a dietary supplement that's supposed to be good for your memory, I believe. Yeah, uh, what are the side effects? Does it have, like, all these awful side effects at well, the end on the commercials? Well, if you've if you've got a past like mine, I think the side effects would be remembering it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, let's, let's remember what happened to the Bruins when they played Winnipeg back in December, I believe it was the 22nd, when the Bruins lost 5-1 to one at Winnipeg. Well, the Bruins, for people that don't know, played Winnipeg again last night, and this time it was in Boston. Do we know what happened there? 4-1, hmm. to one, the Bruins win, and this is the stat I'm going to tell you people in the listening audience. This is how you can know the Bruins are so good. First of all, five-game win streak. Okay, cool. But last night, was the first time in 16 games that the Winnipeg Jets had given up more than two goals. They had gone 15 games without giving up more than two goals, and the Bruins go and get four last night. Yes, one was an empty netter, but irrelevant. That shows, man, the Bruins came to play. What did you think, Mitty? Uh, the Bruins definitely came to play. Um, you know, when you lose to a team, you always want to get them back the next time. But uh, but that's not it. That's not, not all of it. The Bruins are just, they're dialed in. Um, you know, Marchand, great captain. Um, Coyle has just been on fire. Jeremy Swayman, uh, four-game winning streak. Uh, last night, what did he have, a nine, 950 save percentage? I mean, he is lights out right now and the whole team is just firing correct and i believe that great coaching great players and good teamwork i think they got a chance this year you you kind of everybody's hesitant to say it and i'm going to try and look at uh, the neighboring um institution for gambling here legal gambling in new hampshire i'm going to try and look at the website and see what are the odds on the bruins actually to win the stanley cup this year i'm going to, i'm going to look because uh, this team has as good a chance as anybody in fact i'd say a better chance than anybody. I mean, Winnipeg, just so people know, that's the leader in, in uh, the Central Division in the Western Conference. They played 45 games. They got 64 points. That leads the most amount of points. Colorado, Vancouver, and Las Vegas all have played 47 games, and Vancouver is 68 points. So they're neck and neck pretty much, Winnipeg and Vancouver, for who's the best regular season team so far. The Bruins just beat that team up in their own style of play, scored four goals, when they hadn't given up more than two in 15 games. So who's more dominant, the Celtics or the Bruins? This was the same question many people were asking last year, and this is why everybody's hesitant to say the Bruins are going to go on a big run. And I'm like, the more I watch, and I think you're doing the same thing, it's like, wait a minute, these guys are really good, and Swayman right now is, you can't get better goaltending. You cannot, Swayman has to be the best goaltender in the NHL. How could anybody be better than what he's doing the last four or five games? I don't think that there is anybody. I mean, and... He's playing. He's playing like smart. He's playing 
just tight, smart hockey. Uh, the whole team is. I can't say it enough. Well, here's the odds as I type it in on my phone. The Bruins, I, I think, because their regular season was so good last year, they had the most points in the history of NHL regular season hockey. Well, the Bruins... I, back then, I think last year were like four, five to one. Now we're plus seven fifty. Just so everybody knows, you got Edmonton's the favorite, plus seven hundred. That's seven to one. Colorado Avalanche, plus seven fifty, and the Bruins, plus seven fifty. So it's a triumvirate in the hockey world. We got three teams at the top. The Rangers are fourth choice, plus ten to one money. Well, the, uh, the question's going to be. It's the Boston Bruins, so no matter how good they are in the regular season, what is going to happen when they go to the playoffs? Is this a different enough team? Is the coaching different enough? Is the is the team mentality different enough where this time we can stay dialed in and we can get through the playoffs? Or are we going to go in and we're going to you know, fall apart in the first round again? That is the question. The other question I have is who is on the line? I believe it's ZCAD. Welcome to the show. How you doing, Slim? Doing fantastic. You've been following the Bruins, or you want to talk about something else? No, yeah, following the the Bruins. You know, just wanted to touch on the game last night. You know, I I think Swayman stood on his head last night. I mean, what what a game by him. Uh, but you know, I noticed you, you. I heard you said you, you were watching the game while you were working out. Did you notice? The, the, you know, was the ice condition bad at the Garden last night? I mean, the, the people were falling down all over the place. Even even Edward Jack Edwards commented on it. You know, just kind of made kind of made me think, like you know, what what what's happening to the ice down there? Is it too too warm in Boston, or what? I I don't have an answer to this, Zcad. This is a a fantastic point by you. I mean, is there some conspiracy angle that we think? Did we intentionally like uh, lighten the the temperature or lessen the temperature so the ice would be slowed down? Was that a benefit for the Bruins versus Winnipeg? You know that, or you know, you know who was on the skate sharpening machine last night? You know, got to check the records. <laughs> wow, and the conspiracy goes so deep. He's trying to bait me into some political discussion. I'm pretty pretty confident of this man. Their skate sharpener is getting a little bonus. Zcat, do people want to talk politics or no? Should we just stick to the uh, the sports stuff? You know, you know, I'm I'm always up for politics, but. Uh... You know, I, I I don't I don't know if I'm in the majority on that one. Well, I'm up for telling people who I'm going to vote for, but I'm just going to wait until the fourth segment here. What do you think about the Celtics? Did you watch any of them? I mean, if you got your choice, Mitty just said who's more dominant, the Bruins or the Celtics. If you got your choice, who are you watching on a night-to-night basis, the Celtics or the Bruins? I mean, I, I got to go Bruins, but I mean, I'm biased. I grew up playing hockey. I'm a hockey guy, you know. But, you know, my, my concern with the Bruins is we have to do something in the playoffs this year. You know, I, I, I'm I'm concerned that uh, we're going to become the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL, and and nobody in right. Boston wants that. We don't want to hear that. So what can so. we do? What if, if you watch hockey all the time, and I don't? What can we do just from like an acquisition standpoint around the trade deadline? Who do you have any players we could target? Or what area do you think we really need to shore up? It seems to me we need a defensive-minded forward like a Bergeron because the other teams are just getting so many shots on goal some nights not last night but well I, th- I think a Bergeron is exactly who we need you know I hear he's been up working out so you know I think uh you know, you know we'll a, add some more conspiracy to that that'd be a heck of a twist right there <laughs> it would just be great good mojo for the entire team and right Mitty? what was your name again um, Zcad. Oh, Zcad. so I got I got something for you you know 
I, I like to play some bets. I'm not a big gambler, but every week I like to, to really research a couple of games and try to pick a real guaranteed slam dunk. Now, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, too. it's a very common <laughs> saying in gambling that you, you bet with your brain, not with your heart. And they say, just because a team has done this so many times does not mean they're going to do it again. Just because they haven't done something for a long time does not mean they're not about to do it. But how can you ignore how many times the Bruins have looked so good and gone to the playoffs and lost and not expect it to happen again? No, I mean, I, I think that's I think that's a valid point. I mean, you know, we do change some personnel. We did, you know, we did change our coach there. You know, we've got, you know, you got the Cowboys in the NFL. Just run, let's run, you know, let's not, let's not change anything and let's run it back three times in a row and, you know, expect a different result. So, I mean, we're, we're making some changes. Uh, you know, so I'm not I'm not uh, sold on it's a pattern yet, but uh, you know that's what I'm saying. We have to win this year. And yet Dallas kept their coach. I love I love how <laughs> Kent kept working in the Cowboys. Yeah, Mike McCarthy's going to do some hardcore study in this off season. Zcat, he's coming back with a totally new mentality, and yeah, he'll be taken to the promised land next season. I'm sure, Cowboys fans. Sports Machine with Slim fans, I'll be taking you to the promised land next segment here when I reveal who I'm voting for here. NHTalkRadio.com. It's 14.50 a.m., 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. Stay tuned. time everybody I don't know if anybody's excited for this but we will be doing NFL talk stay tuned we're gonna be breaking down an initial breakdown of the upcoming finals in the east and the west here AFC NFC but first I'm on the streets of Concord yesterday Main Street and I see there's a camera and a woman next to the camera. And this is a high up camera on the, you know, the tripod thing. And she seems to be interviewing people. I see a couple people get interviewed. And okay, cool. So there's a business right in front of the camera, and the door's open. So I go walking in, and it looks to be a religious business. I'm like, what's this? And mixed in with the whole, you know, other slew of businesses on Main Street in Concord. And I start talking to the guy, and a little back and forth. I say, yeah, I work for a radio station. And he says, well, this is a, a religious, um, you know, place, something, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I, I know. Like, I, I got that vibe. So it's a Christian science reading room. Interesting place right on Main Street in Concord. I talked to the guy a little bit more. I said, all right, well, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see what the lady said. So the camera person has nothing to do with him. So I go, well, I'm going to go out there and see if I can cause some trouble and see what she has to say. So I go over, and the person... I said, hey, what are you interviewing people? Yeah, we want to know about political discussion. Okay, great. I said, I'm not afraid. I'll share my opinion. I step right up. She puts the camera on me and says, so uh, what do you think about what's happening in in politics? What's going to happen tomorrow? I said, well, Donald Trump is going to win the Republican uh, primary tomorrow. I mean, that's definitely what's going to happen. The media is trying to convince everybody that Nikki Haley can win because what's happening is money's coming in from both sides for her. For people that aren't paying attention, or maybe it's just because I'm an independent, I get so many mailers in the mail, and I get them from both sides. Because as an independent, I can vote in the primary for either Republican or Democrat. But it is pretty obvious here, and I got, I got a statement to say on both sides, and I said it yesterday. Okay, 
for the Democratic side, initially, Biden's not even on the ballot today. Why? Because if he was on the ballot, he might lose. That's why the Democrats did not want him to be on the ballot. At least if he's not on the ballot and he loses, it's like an excuse. But Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was originally running as a Democrat. And his father, for people that don't know, I mean, was assassinated former president. I mean, his uncle, sorry, assassinated former president of the United States. His father also, while he was running, assassinated. Robert F. Kennedy's a guy that you at least might want to hear out, like just from a respect factor, right? He was picking up some serious steam in the Democratic Party. They totally disengaged with him. No money, no press whatsoever. So they elbowed him out. He dropped out. This is going back like eight months. Now he's running as an independent because they didn't want to challenge her. They wouldn't compete. They wouldn't debate Biden versus Robert F. Kennedy. So that's fine. That's what happened on the Democratic side. It's like, hey, you don't even want to be on the ballot. It's just kind of disrespectful. But on the Republican side, you had all these candidates lined up. Iowa goes, didn't go so well, obviously, for Vivek, for... Uh, DeSantis, even for Nikki Haley, Trump squashes everybody. So what happens last week, the end? Vivek drops out, DeSantis drops out. Well, why do we think that is? Is it because they weren't going to win New Hampshire? No. Like, they knew they weren't going to win New Hampshire. The reason they dropped out is because so much money is coming into the Nikki Haley campaign from the people that hate Trump on the Republican side. But more importantly, and this is where my problem is, from the Democratic side, the Democratic machine... The big wealthy people on the Democrat side, they want a challenger to Trump. So they're putting a ton of money into trying to get people who are independents to vote against Trump. And, and that's fine. What I'm not a pro-Trump guy. I'm voting for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The reason is because I just think he's outside of the political spectrum from the hardcore machine wealthy donors on the left and outside of the right. I don't care who anybody votes for, but if you are not looking at this going, man, something seriously broken in this country when everybody's racing just to vote against what they hate instead of voting for what they really want. Mitty, that's my political rant. Well, I'm not huge on politics, but one thing I do know is Donald Trump is a absolute mess and constantly surrounded by chaos like they said in the commercials i'll agree with that but you know what i like about donald trump is he was president for four years and during that four years i was never broke i I always had money in my pocket and since then i've been broke and i and i know that's a a very simple take to put on it yeah but when donald trump was the president i had money and now i don't have any money and what's going on with that i don't know but he (laughs) he did something different and i wasn't broken i want that back i want to not be broke understandable i like my money and i want to keep some of it let's see i mean but we can't have plain spoke uh spoken conversations like this i mean that seems pretty rational and (laughs) makes a lot of sense to me well i'll vote for whoever was in charge when i actually had money watch the commercial (laughs) Every single commercial that is run by a a candidate for themselves talks about the good things they're going to do. And then the other candidate literally says everything they just said is a lie in their commercial. And that's all it is. So you just got to try to pick who's not lying the most or who's got the most honest face. Like, what does it even come down to? Because it's lies. Exactly. Just recognize you're being controlled. 
Yeah. That's all I'm telling everybody. You are being controlled no matter what side you're on. If you're at least voting for Trump, okay, maybe you're like, I'm going to try and blow up the system because he might just try and do that and go crazy. But you don't know what's going to happen if he does that. It might end up being worse for everybody. So I don't know that there's a good option. You're, just, you're trying to pick the person you think is going to screw you over the least. <laughs> That's that's why I'm at Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I'm just like, Do hey. you really want to put another Kennedy in the office? Well, I'm just going outside. Scary. I, I, it's fine. I'm just saying I'm fed up. I'm going outside the political spectrum. I'm going outside my initial thoughts Ooh. on this upcoming weekend's football game. Maybe too. if we get another Kennedy in office, maybe we get ourselves like a, another Marilyn Monroe. I, well, That'd I mean, be kind of neat. I guess it would. Who's going to be that person? There's, there's plenty of people. Come that on, ladies, step it up. Audition for the role. Yeah, I, I've been saying San Francisco all year, uh, especially over the last eight, nine weeks, Mitty. I, I think they are going to beat Detroit this week. They're favored by seven. What's your initial read on the game? I, I am having a tough time with this one because, uh, you know, yeah, San Francisco's got a great team and they've got Brock Purdy, who, yeah, he's been looking really good. I, Not last week. I believe you put Mac Jones on that same team, and it's going to be the same. Like, I don't think he's as good as everybody thinks, and I think it's just a great lineup on both sides of the ball. But Detroit, that is a hungry team. You know, Stafford and Goff switch places. It was supposed to be the Stafford show, but look what's happening. Goff is taking the, the Detroit Lions that nobody could win a Super Bowl with, nobody could get to a championship with, and he's actually doing it. And I believe that they've got more heart on that Detroit team and they also got Jameer Gibbs, and that guy is fast. Yeah, he is fast, right? When I'm he does taking the Detroit. Shift, when he does the little shift, right, like goes a couple yards and then stops and starts changing oh, Detroit. So quick. Like, oh, where's he going to go? You can take San Fran. I mean, yeah, you can take San Fran all you want. I'm taking Detroit on this one because I don't believe San Fran is the real deal, and also they have never proved themselves in the playoffs. Chokers. We Neither is Detroit. The Bruins and the, and the Cowboys, the Chokers. San Francisco, for my money, they're kind of Chokers too. And you just yep. said if put Mac Jones in place with Brock Purdy – and they're going to have the same record or something. And yep. as you said that, I was like, you know, you could put me. And I'm not even kidding. If I was a starting quarterback for San Francisco, if I had made it all, all year long, we would have won at least one game. You can and hand off to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> exactly. We would have won at least one game 100%. with me as the starting quarterback. Yep. And uh, the, the San Francisco 49ers are so stacked. But Brock Purdy, man, if you make him have to do a second read – you better hold your breath because you have no idea what he's going to yep. do. I, I think he's good on – if this is the play, this is where you go with it, good. You know, anybody can do that. Yeah, I think in the in the big moments, I think Brock Purdy gets a little bit flustered and I think he, he gets a little overwhelmed. I think, you know, a couple of years in the league, I do think he's going to blossom into a really good quarterback. And I think he is a good quarterback, but I think – I don't think, I think this is stinks. his year. It's, I think he stinks. It's not his year. Kansas City at Baltimore. It's Baltimore's year, man. Kansas it's Kansas City. City again. You you like Kansas City? You're Patrick no, Mahomes? No, I hate Kansas City. I'm sick and tired of Patrick Mahomes. And I get it. We had Tom Brady and we had Gronk and everybody hated us for 20 years. Mm-hmm. But well, guess what? My Pats stink, as you've heard from my song. And now... It's my turn to hate on Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. I'm sick of seeing him on TV. I'm sick of seeing uh, Taylor Swift make her little heart emojis up in that luxury box. But do you think they're going to win? Do you think Kansas City's going to win or Baltimore? I, I do. I, I, you too. If you, when you watch Pat Mahomes play, there is no denying that man is an absolute genius. He's like Kyrie Irving with the basketball. Like he is so fast and so smart, and he's so... He's so he He's stands in the pocket and he will wait until three guys are coming right at him and he will just step right up through and make a 
beautiful pass that nobody saw coming. And he's a leader, Mitty. Nobody he's else, a leader no of men. No one else can do that. No, he's got the skill set and he's got the temperament and he's got the, the leadership capabilities and, and qualities that you want to see. I, that's why I, I give him a fighter's chance, but I will say – that Buffalo defense was just so oh. beaten up, man. They they didn't have it. That was a hard game to watch. A- and Baltimore's defense, I think, is going to be a different animal. We'll, we will see because that line originally was three, and now it's up to three and a half. So people are betting Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, uh, betting Baltimore, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think as we fade out for the I day? I think Kansas City's defense is going to step it up. They've been amazing all year long. Chris Jones has been amazing. They, I, I think it's going to be a great game. There we go, everybody. It's going to be a great game, and I think this has been a great edition of the Sports Machine with Slim. Don't vote what I'm telling you to vote for. Don't vote what I'm voting for. Vote for whatever you want, and we'll pray for the best. WKXL Radio, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. This has been New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. <laughs>